There are different storylines playing out in New Hampshire, and with one day away, I want to share some of those as we are one day away from New Hampshire's primary. There are five storylines that the media and a lot of Americans are watching, particularly after an eventful weekend on the ground from the Granite State, live free or die, New Hampshire. All right. Just how far ahead is Senator Sanders in New Hampshire? Well, unlike the GO, and let's look at Democrats and Republicans. We'll do Democrats first because they're better. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm a Democrat. What can I say? They're first. Just how far ahead is Senator Sanders in New Hampshire? Now, unlike the GOP race, the Democratic race in New Hampshire has polling that seems all over the place. I saw polls today with as low the Boston Herald that came out today. That's a local poll. And another thing is local polls and national polls are different because local polls, well, some of the people that are going to vote tomorrow are are, are voting uh, and not the same necessarily for CNN. So, for example, CNN has Senator Sanders up by like 20 percent, Boston Herald, as of today. That's the latest poll that's been released up by seven. Uh, Most of the polls do show that Hillary Clinton has closed the gap somewhat. How much? It really depends on the poll. And that's why I say it seems all over the place. Um, The uh, seven news UMass polls uh, show him ahead by 16 points. Boston Herald, Franklin Pierce University survey has him at a lead of seven points. And like I said, CNN, 20 uh, points. Or 20% lead. Can Hillary Clinton bring back home women and registered Democrats? Well, if so, she has a more realistic chance of making New Hampshire a single-digit race. Last week's NBC Wall Street Journal Marist poll showed that Senator Sanders was ahead by 20 points. Uh, he was leading her among women, 50 to 46%, and Democrats, 51 to 46%. So that helps explain the Madeleine Albright saying that, quote, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. That's this past weekend, as well as former President Bill Clinton's verbal attacks on Senator Sanders yesterday. Now, something Hillary's doing, the Clintons, by the way, are providing transportation. Senator Sanders' camp is not as of yet. That does come down perhaps to just cash um, and style and uh, having gone through this before. Um, also, uh, she's going door to door, and I think that's very good for her. I am a Hillary gal. I've mentioned it before because she does very well one-on-one. One, almost everyone I know who meets her in person uh, says that she's a very different person than they've seen on a stage with a room full of 100 or 1,000 people. So she does very well in those small group or one-on-one situations. So knocking, going door to door um, is a good thing. My prediction, by the way, I'm going to be with Brad on this. I think Senator Sanders will win New Hampshire. I think, quite frankly, he should win being from neighboring Vermont. I always said that. But I don't think he's going to win by the huge margin that some people are predicting. He's ahead with independence. He's ahead with the youth. Um, and uh, the inde- the independents might come out to vote for him against Trump, but there are a lot of independents expected, so say the polls, for, for to come out and vote um, for Trump, uh, which could actually um, you know take some numbers in in a primary um, away from Bernie. Because remember, in the state of New Hampshire, an independent at the last minute can do you know, coin toss or otherwise, uh, you know, vote for a Democrat or for a Republican. And speaking last minute. More undecided voters in New Hampshire than we saw in Iowa. Up to 40% we have seen in Republican numbers. Um, I have seen as low as 17%, as high as 39% among uh, Democrats. So some people, well, they don't give it up till the end. And New Hampshire has been a state of surprises. Um, Remember, Bill Clinton was behind by double digits, and he still became the nominee and president. Hillary Clinton was not the nominee, but she won New Hampshire when Barack Obama was up by a lot. So, you know, it can be a big surprise. Speaking of surprises, John Kasich uh, is, uh, you know, somebody to look at. And he's somebody I said that I felt was the um, best candidate 
I, I thought that Republicans had. I just didn't think he would get the nomination. And even if he wins New Hampshire, I'm not sure, sure he will because he's perceived as being too moderate for a lot of the Republican field, um, especially on issues like, you know, immigration. Although he's very anti-union and his dad was a lifelong union member and he benefited from that, being the child of a union guy. So that one's always had my head scratching. Uh, Bill Clinton versus Bernie Sanders. Speaking of the president's comments on Senator Sanders, um, here is the dispatch from NBC News. Quote, you can't offer health care program if you don't know what it costs, Bill Clinton said, and we don't need to do it. Just implement the law we've got, fix the payment systems, and get the drug prices down. And then he said, uh, then the former president also hit out at the Sanders campaign for looting information from their computers, likening the episode to stealing a car with the keys in the ignition. He sent a message to young voters who polls suggest currently favor Senator Sanders over Hillary by as much as two to one. Free college for everyone sounds better than what I said. But we can't afford everything, Bill Clinton told the audience. It feels like the attacks, however, play better in print than on TV because some of those comments did fall flat with the audience. And then uh, Republicans, by the way, and, and by the way, it would seem whether it's the Clintons attacking Sanders or Sanders attacking Clinton, voters don't like it. The Democrats don't want to become like the Republicans, and I am one of those Democrats. I don't like the mudslinging either way. Bernie to Hillary, Hillary to Bernie. We're better than that. We're better than that, and we showed that on the first day of the debate. Because these two agree on most things, and even the things they don't agree on, they still have an overlap. They agree on universal health care for all. How that is implemented is where they differ. Which, by the way, is sometimes the difference between a Democrat and a Republican. Speaking of Republicans, while Trump has a double-digit lead, can he hold on to it? I mean, every poll we've seen in the past few days, including today, and there have been plenty of them, show Donald Trump leading the GOP field by double digits in New Hampshire, including 20-plus points. Now, every poll in Iowa had him ahead in that Hawkeye state. We saw how that turned out, but he didn't do the groundwork in Iowa that other candidates like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio did. There's an important difference in uh, New Hampshire and that they have from Iowa because it's a primary, not a caucus. Independents, not evangelicals, will play a significant role. There is no clear or obvious threat. Ted Cruz was an obvious threat in Iowa, so some say... There's no way Donald Trump can't win New Hampshire. Our buddy Brad Bannon still sticks with Marco Rubio. Some people now looking at John Kasich. And what, speaking of Rubio, what kind of impact does Rubio's rough debate performance have in New Hampshire? Now, we remember when many of us declared Trump the winner for the skipping the debate before the Iowa caucuses. So now we caution how Marco Rubio's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad debate will play out. He was awful. But at the very least, it seems to have blunted any momentum he had going into Tuesday. Look at the latest Channel 7 News Boston UMass tracking poll. Trump 34%, Rubio 13, Cruz 13, Jeb Bush 10, John Kasich 10, Chris Christie 5. So there's a traffic jam for second place, especially on the establishment side. If you add up the Rubio Bush Kasich Christie percentages, you get 38%. That's more than Trump's percentage. And will the GOP field win? Uh, will the GOP uh, f- field uh, become narrower after New Hampshire? Will people drop out? Well, don't bet on it after the debate. No matter who finishes second, third, fourth, fifth in New Hampshire, don't expect anyone to drop out after New Hampshire, especially after smelling blood versus Rubio. That may be the biggest consequence of Rubio's debate performance. It complicates his path to victory in South Carolina because that same traffic jam dynamic will continue in the Palmetto State if everyone stays in the race. And it would seem they are in one only... I just, you know, scratch my head and go, why? I guess they just want to... 
you know, spend money or, you know, they have nothing better to do with their time and they need the attention. I don't know. Um, But in this hour, we want to get your take here uh, one day before the primary, the first primary in the 2016 presidential election uh, tomorrow in the great state of New Hampshire. One. You've heard Brad Bannon predict. You've heard me question and poke him and agree with him or disagree with him over the years. But I want your predictions. What are your New Hampshire predictions for both the Democrats on the left and the Republicans on the right tomorrow in the first primary in this 2016 presidential election race? What are your New Hampshire predictions for both the Democrats and Republicans tomorrow? Who's going to win? And by how much? You game? Pick up the phone and join me. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What are your New Hampshire predictions for the Democrats and for the Republicans for tomorrow's primary? Who's going to win? And if you dare, give me a margin. Give me a percentage. By how much? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Roughly 40% of New Hampshire's primary voters are still undecided despite primary day being tomorrow. By the way, I don't always believe everyone that answers undecided. I think they, I think it's like the old school days where, who'd you vote for? I'm not going to tell you that. It's private. That's a very New England thing, by the way. So I wouldn't be surprised to some of those people who say they're not decided really have made up their minds. Like Marky Mark, I love you. <laughs> but anytime I say anything against Bernie, you rush in my ear and say something, and I'm like, don't tell me you're not decided. You, I watched the whole debate with my wife this weekend, and, and I, I am, I swear to you, I am undecided. Because I think like many voters, I like Bernie's ideas, but I'm concerned about his general election electability, so I'm torn. So. How about, how about just out of curiosity, because I have friends that are Democrats that say, I like his ideas, but I don't think he can, as Hillary would say, give me something I can sell. No, and that's, sell I mean, that's also honestly a concern of mine, and that's that's what makes it tough. It's like, do you vote for the candidate whose ideas you agree with most, or do you vote for the candidate who you may not agree with on everything, but if you think she has a, you know, a better chance of winning the general election? And that's why I say I feel like your head pulls you in one way and your heart pulls you in another, so... The more I study it, the harder it gets, especially having it as part of my work. And I think a lot of other people feel that way, but it's uh, that's why it's good we're talking about it. Yep, uh, definitely. Um, okay, so uh, roughly 40% of New Hampshire primary voters are still undecided, despite the primary being tomorrow. Does this surprise you? And why do you think this is? Or do you think like me? Some of them are just BSing. How will it affect tomorrow's results? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And how will the fact that 40% of New Hampshire's voters are independents affect the primary? Like I said, independents have until the 11th hour to decide who they, you know, they, they can they can vote for who they want. You know what I mean? Uh, they can vote for a Democrat. They can vote for a Republican. They can even sign up to be a Democrat or Republican in the 11th hour in New Hampshire. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What did you think of the most recent Democratic debate this past Thursday or the Republican debate on Friday? Did you see anything in the debates that will sway New Hampshire primary voters? By the way, did you see anything that would sway you, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or an independent? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, unlike the GOP race, the Democratic race in New Hampshire has polling that seems all over the place. 
Um, Sanders ahead by 16 points. Also, ahead by 7 points, depending on which poll. Why is there so much inconsistency in the Democratic polls? Can polls, in your opinion, be relied on? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. There are only 24 delegates up for grabs for the Democrats in New Hampshire. 88 available between Nevada and South Carolina. And that's a similar breakdown for Republicans. Does New Hampshire, like Iowa to some, uh, get more attention than it deserves? And by the way, guys, that's 24 delegates in total, I ask, because in Iowa, Hillary had 24, Bernie had 21, that would be 44, right? So does New Hampshire only have 24? To my knowledge, it's 24 based on the research we found. Okay, 24. Wow. Half of what Iowa has. That's bizarre. Um, uh, But anyway, about half. Uh, How many GOP candidates are going to drop out of the race after the primaries tomorrow? Who should? When will the field narrow to two candidates, as we've seen with the Democrats? And does a larger field help or hurt? The Republicans. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. And how has this race affected your day to day life, discussions with friends and families over the past two months, few months? Is America a more engaged electorate in this election than in the previous races? And does this engagement stem from outlandish and radical statements by extreme candidates like Trump or Cruz? 8886 Leslie, in other words, should we thank them for getting the conversation started? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. Hillary's likability in New Hampshire rose to 75% since Iowa. Why the sudden change? 8886-LESLIE. And in one poll, John Kasich is beating Rubio. Will New Hampshire make him a relevant contender? 8886-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. And lastly, bad weather in and coming to southern New Hampshire tomorrow. Will it keep the young voters and the new voters at home and what about the older voters? 8886-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. Quick break. Back to you right after this. Follow me on Twitter. I'll incorporate your tweets as well at Leslie Marshall. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Happy Monday. Welcome or welcome back only to Democracy in Talk Radio of for and by you, the people. Pick up the phone and join me. I want your predictions for tomorrow's primary in New Hampshire, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. I want to hear who you want to win, but who you think you will win and by what margin and why. And why such a huge gap between the polls, especially on the Democrat side? And why is Hillary so much more favorable in New Hampshire since Iowa So say the polls, and speaking of polls, do you believe the polls? And why are so many people so undecided? Will weather impact, and who will stay home, who will get out? Lots to talk about. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Let's start with Michael on the Bronx Line 1. Michael, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. How are you doing? Good. Um, I got predictions and issues. Um, Predictions for a Democrat, I think Hillary will come out on top. In New Hampshire, I know the um, I know the talk was saying before that um, Bernie would win, but 
some revelations have occurred that, one, he is said to have been receiving um, campaign donations from the very same um, corporations and banks that he's been campaigning against or speaking out against. So, you know, people are... Well, I did see see some information today uh, that he was actually receiving super PAC money. Um, even though That's he claimed not uh, claimed not to, but uh, and and it was, seemed to be a reputable report, but I haven't had the time to to research, or, right. You know, do the research right. to see if that's in fact true. I have yet to um, read the entire report myself, but it's become a big talk. But the thing that I the problem that I have um, is well, as far as Bernie goes, who I still like, but I don't think uh, he can really match up to Hillary is the fact that. Well, we heard about the phrase of all lives matter, which I think was started by um, Martin O'Malley, I think it was. But Bernie kept repeating that. But the thing is that unlike Hillary, Bernie... Hold that thought, Michael. we got to take a break. Hold that thought so you can finish on the other side of this quick break. More after this. Pick up the phone and join us. 888-6-LESLIE. Michael, uh, go ahead and uh, finish up with what you were saying. We're talking about the primary tomorrow. Thanks so much, Leslie. As I was pointing out that when it came to the difference between police lives matter, black lives matter, all lives matter, and Bernie Sanders was building up on the all lives matter, there were Republicans that said, yes, all lives matter. But unlike um, Hillary, Bernie failed to call out these Republicans and question them, saying, how can you say all lives matter when you and your policies have been um, instituting an unprecedented attack against your likely political opponents as people of color and poor um, Caucasians that don't like the um, policies that you're implementing. Like, like what, and, Michael? Like what? What, what policies huh? has Bernie Sanders implemented that went against African Americans or people of color or minorities in this country? No, I'm not saying Bernie Sanders. I'm saying that he failed to call out the Republicans that says yes, all lives matter, just to shut. Yeah, yeah, but Michael, can I can I can I be honest with you? Okay, first of all, race is not the only issue in America. Second, wait, wait. Second of all, Bernie is not running against the Republicans right now. He's running against Hillary. And, 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 you know, I mean, when the Republicans stand up there and talk about Hillary, I think it's laughable because the people on their side of the aisle, they're not going to be voting for Hillary or Bernie. And maybe they're afraid some independents will. Okay. Um, But quite frankly, Bernie's opponent is Hillary and Hillary's opponent is Bernie. Those are the names that you should hear. So I I I don't blame Senator Sanders for not calling out Republicans with regard to uh, race issues, um, any issues that uh, concern the African-American community. 
And it's not just race issues. The thing is, is that, well... Well, you're not hearing me. I don't, I don't blame... If I were running... If I were Senator Sanders, I wouldn't mention any Republicans' names except to say what he's doing, which is whether it's, Senate, whether it's Madam Secretary Clinton or I, we're better and a better option than the Republicans. Just use them as a party. You don't, first of all, if you say somebody's name, whether it's in a good light or a bad light, you've said their name. You're giving them free advertising. Second well, of all, this, is a, this is a primary. Okay. Right. If he gets the nomination, then is the time to go after Republicans and cite that person by name who would be the nominee. But right now, in my opinion, because he is trying to appeal to independents, undecided voters, he's trying to appeal to Democrats and even take people from Hillary or keep the ones he has. It is irrelevant exactly. to go after Republicans, in my opinion. It, it, exactly. Exactly. I, that's that's where I was going with this because there, don't you think that there are some Democrats? Um, voters that in comparison between Hillary and um, Bernie, Hillary addresses the issues and the inequities that's going on, and he, she has called out um, the Republican Party in general, perhaps not specific names, but she has addressed the um, issues well, that's I going I don't, on. And I don't think Senator Sanders has, and I think that's one of the many areas where they agree on, which is the Democrats are going to do better for this nation, and the Democrats certainly are going to do better for this nation with regard to uh, minorities, people of color, and all the issues that affect those communities or more so affect those communities. Michael, always a pleasure talking to you. Go ahead, Michael, very quickly. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Michael. Uh, Mark dropped your call, so you can get on him for that. (laughs) Mark's like, thank you, Leslie. Throw me under the bus. Uh, Let's go. It's not his fault. It's not his fault because I said thank you, and that's kind of the cue, like Leslie's going on to the next call. We drop. Uh, Paul in Washington. uh, Let's go uh, to Paul in Washington, line two. Paul, good afternoon. Oh, hi, Leslie. Um, well, I think the way it's going to shake out in terms of your question is that Bernie will win New Hampshire. Uh, By what margin? And I ask simply because the polls show show them all over the place. Well, it'll be probably um, well, maybe 12 to 14 percent. So you do think it'll be double digits, more than 10 percent. Okay. I don't think it'll be 15, but it'll be somewhere between 10 and 15, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know. So, uh, and I think that Trump will win on the Republican side. I, I think that's that, that's his backyard too, right? Well, he's in New York. Uh, New Hampshire's not really considered the backyard yeah. of New York. It might to people not from the Northeast, but very different. Being in right. New England, being in New England or Maine and Vermont, Massachusetts, those are consi- cons- uh, considered backyard of New Hampshire. Right. New, New York is not is not, is not no England. no not okay. at all. Well, I still think Trump has. And I think Cruz, I think Cruz lost some ground with his with his shenanigans in Iowa. And I think Marco Rubio. When you say shenanigans, are you talking about uh, shenanigans with regard to Ben Carson? Uh, all kinds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I think that made him look pretty bad. And I think Marco Rubio just uh, in, in the debate the other night talking about how how Barack Obama knows exactly what he's doing, reminding us that he knows exactly what he's doing. That's great. So we shouldn't be voting for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, and that would be Marco Rubio. He just reminds me of a kid from junior high school. I guess that's that, – that I don't know. I, I don't care for the guy. But <laughs> let's talk about Bernie and Hillary in terms of health care, since you, you brought it up, and this is one of my issues. Okay, what – I'm curious to know what each of one of them is going to do 
to get the, the step. You say they both want universal health care. You know what we keep talking about this issue is in terms of what is Bernie or Hillary going to do versus the Republican opposition that they're likely to get. And that will be opposition to anything either one of them wants to That's do. That's a very good point and very true. And, I mean, I, so what worries me about Hillary Clinton and when she says, let's tweak Obamacare, what she's willing to, you know, what she might be willing to do, because, because what the Republicans are wa- going to want to do, is to repeal various taxes that, that, uh, that, that fund the, the subsidies. And so then we're going to go back to where we started. Now, I don't agree. I don't agree with you there, because when she talks about tweak, she actually wants to make improvements in the system that I feel need to be improved. Okay, um, me, And, and we have we have seen Medicare and Social Security, quote, tweaked. And so the difference between what she and Senator Sanders wants to do is Senator Sanders wants to have single payer. So in a sense, it would be not repealing and replacing, but it would be replacing. And that's far riskier especially if you don't have a Democratic majority in the House and the Senate. Well, the, the transitional step, I think, for, for Bernie Sanders would be to, to do, offer the public option that, that Barack Obama couldn't get through. But again, we're dealing with the Congress. Right. Ain't going to so happen. So I feel, and I am pro-Hillary, but honestly, I would hope, even if I weren't, that I do think building on what we already have versus changing the entire landscape well, what of mean, what we have is, what is a safer bet on... with, with, with any composite of Congress. But tell me what that means, building on what we have. Because what we have, uh, maybe I've said this before, but Obamacare, for all the screaming and crying that the right does and all the glowing and cooing that the left does, it really didn't change anything about the fundamental structure of our health insurance system which is, it's like Obamacare got people out of the water into the lifeboat, but the lifeboat has a hole in it. It's sinking. And you know that. And the, the, what, the, what the Republicans are offering, it's all benefits for the insurance. Insurance companies selling uh, insurance across state lines. Or how about more tax breaks for you to have a health savings account? Even if those were good ideas, and they're not, they do nothing, nothing whatsoever to, to address the problem of skyrocketing health care costs. Because there are other competing interests in that equation. Not just health, not just insurance companies. There are hospitals. There are doctors. There are medical supply companies. There's all kinds of people in this equation that you can't just say, well, if insurance companies could only sell insurance across state lines, the problem would be solved. It really doesn't have anything to do with it. It's, our health care costs, Leslie, you know this, $2.87 trillion we spent on health care in 2012. And it's going up. Health care is increasing at GDP plus 2%. It's outpacing it's outpacing our, our, our economic growth by 2% per year. And so the question is, I don't think that selling insurance across state lines or having people with health savings accounts has anything to do with reducing that to at least uh, par. Um, I don't disagree with you. I've always said that the single-payer option was the only way to make the uh, market competitive by putting you know, the lowest bidder, if you will. Um, but to me, at this point, when you have millions of people that have health care, and you know, I mean, we had death threats against Democratic congressional members, if you recall, um, leading yeah. up to the Affordable Care Act. And we, you know, I agree with you. This is a watered-down version of what Democrats wanted, of what was originally proposed. But it's better than what we had before. And when you talk about five areas, the there are five areas that bipartisan has bipartisan agreement. And that are issues with and complaints with the system by doctors, by employers, and by um, the subscribers of the Affordable Care Act. I don't have the time to go through all five, so I'll just give you bullet points, okay? Yeah. Um, 
Uh, one is the doctor fix. Doctors, and I'm not just saying this because my husband is one, but doctors have been punished um, financially um, as a result of the Affordable Care Act. That's one of the reasons many doctors were against it, uh, including my husband, but not because of money. My, my husband doesn't like a- anybody telling him, including the insurance companies, uh, how to be a physician they when you know they're, bu- they're business people. Um, yeah. So one would be the doctor fix. Um, the other is the family glitch. That's a requirement that people purchase insurance through a spouse's employer if the employer offers it. And that law requires that an employer provide affordable insurance or insurance that costs less than 9.5% of an employee's household income to an employee. And if not, the employee may buy insurance through the health exchanges with a subsidy if eligible. Um, So that doesn't always make it affordable often for that family that has two people working and two different companies providing insurance. And then there are fee-for-service issues. Um, Healthcare officials and experts say that the fee-for-service payment system has to go. That's um, that's, that's that's health experts exa- exactly, and that does uh, weigh, weigh uh, into cost. Um, the Medicaid, there is no smooth transition from uh, Medicaid, and then pricing is um, is not transparent. Many employers have moved toward, moved toward high deductible plans. They have bronze level plans on the exchanges that are very popular in the individual market. But if someone goes in for a broken finger and he or she needs to know, well, how much is that going to cost me uh, from the consult to the x-ray, even to the bandage, um, there are people both left and right that say there should be a menu of costs. So right now there's not the transparency. So these are areas that could be fixed that actually would help with costs. They don't help with the insurance companies uh, reducing costs, but actually transparent pricing might, and that might open up some lower cost options in plans. Well, because, okay, so let me respond quickly. So, well, first of all, in terms of the Obamacare, the, the doctor fix, the doctor fix was in in 1997 when we passed Medicare, uh, the SGR for Medicare, right? No, 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 no. It's it's a whole different thing. Um, There are a lot of doctors out there who are not willing to take Obamacare patients, if you will. Yeah, right. Uh, And because because they're not they're not reimbursed at the same rate, they would be. So, in other words, if you have a plan that is offered through the exchange in California by Blue Cross, that's part of the Affordable Care Act. It's very different than somebody that has insurance through their employer or or, or private plan that they buy themselves. The reimbursement's completely different. So, uh, I mean, for example, if my husband does a nine-hour surgery and gets paid two hundred dollars, that that's just not good business. And and whether people like it or not, medical practices are businesses. They're not just in the business of healing. They have to put food on their own tables and pay their own college tuitions for their own kids, etc. Okay, well, let me say, let me say and, this. And wait, wait. And, and you have to remember, malpractice insurance rates keep going up, but the reimbursements keep going down. So and, doctors are getting paid less, getting sued more, and having to pay more for protection if they get sued, even every, if they don't. My husband's never been right? sued, but he still has to have this huge uh, – My, I think my husband's malpractice insurance is about forty five, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. Well, that's cheap. Uh, every doctor who's in practice for more than 10 years is going to get sued almost a 97% chance. But, I mean, that's, 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 that's true. And, by the way, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in, in 2006 uh, sponsored a bill to, to fix medical malpractice, to fix the system, which is completely broken. I agree with you there. But look at it this way, too. Uh, 2012, $550 billion went to slightly less than a million doctors in this country. We have about, about slightly less than a million doctors in this country. That averages out at $550,000 a year. Well, I wish my husband would get that check or a piece of that check. Paul, okay. always good okay. talking to you, buddy. Right. Always good talking to you. Let's take one more before the break. Um, oh, actually, uh, we go in, are we going to the caller? Okay. My buddy Brad Bannon is in the house. Um, uh, 
Oh, we're going to take a break then? We're going to go to Brad. Okay. Break. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. my buddy and partner in crime who comes in uh, once or twice a week and definitely more so during this election year, Brad Bannon, president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. Go to BannonCR.com to find out more. Brad, thanks for joining me. I've been emailing you. I predicted on Fox Rubio was going to take it, but he it was abysmal, nasty, awful. Hello, I'm not up for the task in the last debate among Republicans. How bad has that hurt him uh, in New Hampshire, if at all, going into the primary tomorrow? And do you still stand by? You emailed me earlier, in for a dime, in for a dollar. Do you really think he can win when Donald Trump has, in in most of the polls, 20-plus percentage point leads over him, Kasich, and others? Well, uh, to answer your question, yes, I'm sticking with Rubio. Uh, you don't think that bad debate performance hurt him? Uh, well, I'm, you know, it was a bad debate performance, but, you know, I'm not sure it hurt him very much. Uh, you know, let's face it, Trump isn't exactly, uh, you know, having a day at the beach in New Hampshire either. Uh, he and Cruz are involved in this. Can I say pissing on the air? You just did. Um, okay. They're involved in a pissing match, and I think that gives Rubio an opportunity to sort of slide down the middle while the two big guys are uh, hammering away at each other. And I've seen polls uh, that have Rubio a lot closer uh, to Trump than 20 points. So uh, I'm sticking with my prediction, hell of high water. Okay. So tell me this. For um – Rubio, you really think he, he is going to win? Do you do you think that these – in New Hampshire, I mean, poll numbers are definitely misleading. We've seen them misleading in Iowa, but more so in New Hampshire because you have more independents, you don't have the evangelicals, and you have a lot more people waiting to the last minute to make up their mind, correct? Yes, and that's one of the reasons why I think Rubio – Rubio – finished third in Iowa, which is filled of, of, with fundamentalist Christians, very conservative Republicans, which, who should favor Cruz and Trump. As you know, you're from New England, you know New Hampshire voters, uh, even Republican voters are, are less conservative than that, and uh, they're ideal for uh, Rubio, who doesn't come across, he's conservative, but he doesn't come across as a mean-spirited uh, conservative like Trump and uh, Cruz. Um, that's very true, and he would, you know, be somebody that people like as an alternative. But John Kasich is doing much better in New Hampshire than folks would have thought. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is. Uh, but uh, somehow, well, if you look at the trend in the polls, uh, Kasich uh, probably reached his high water mark last week. Uh, Rubio has been trending up ever since Iowa. Now, whether the poor debate performance cuts that off or not, I don't know. But uh, Rubio's been on a roll, and Kasich has been kind of static for a week now. 
Um, okay. Well, and let's look over to the left. We have seen polls as high as 20 percent ahead for Senator Sanders. And today we saw the Boston Herald come out with only 7 percent. Real Clear Politics has about approximately 12 percent um, lead uh, by Senator Sanders. Uh, you still think Bernie's going to take New Hampshire and you think he's going to take New Hampshire by less than double digits. Do you, do you think so? And also why such uh, dis- why why such a, a disparity among the various polls on the Democratic side more so? Well, I do think Bernie's going to win New Hampshire, but I do think uh, he'll win it just by single digits. And the disparity, and you saw the same thing in Iowa, it is really hard to poll in primaries and caucuses. And the reason is the turnout's so low in primaries and caucuses, pollsters don't exactly know who is going to vote and who isn't to vote. And that's why the polls were all over the map, because uh, every pollster has a different way of measuring uh, vote likelihood, and it's very tough to predict that in a primary and incredibly difficult to do that in a caucus. Uh, yeah, no no question about that. Um, bad weather heading to the south uh, of New Hampshire. Is that going to affect tomorrow? And if so, who stays home? Well, uh, I think that uh, uh, I think uh, it won't have a big effect. Uh, New Hampshire's are a you know, hardy lot. Uh, so my guess is most everybody will get uh, get there. Um, you know, I think if it does hurt anybody, it will marginally hurt Bernie Sanders. Uh, his voters are young, uh, and a lot. My guess is a lot of them haven't ever voted in a primary before. If you look at the people who are supporting Hillary Clinton, uh, they are seniors, uh, and as you know, they have in New Hampshire. Uh, many of the polling places are in senior homes to make it very convenient for them. Uh, yes, I did see that. Quickly, she's going door to door, supposedly, allegedly, uh, six people told uh, Politico, going to add more campaign staff, do some restructuring. Does she need it, and does it show desperation? Uh, well, first of all, she does need it. There's, there's something wrong in that campaign, and you could see it last weekend. The surrogates, you know, if they had titled the uh, TV show about the Clinton campaign, it would be surrogates going wild. All right. We are out of time. Thank you, Brad, for joining us in the last moments of the program. Hasta mañana, tomorrow's primary day.